part two of our best TV of 2022. Anyway, should we move on to our number, number two? two? Who is that? That's, My number yeah, two is Matt. a season two of The White Lotus. So I have I mean, not finished. I have not finished season two, but I am. I can't wait for you to finish. I really. I, I am three quarters. The I'm three quarters of the oh, way oh, through. Okay. So no spoiling of the last few like, episodes. I feel like part of this show is many parts of the show were really made for you, Aaron. Um, I want to hear what you think, but. Um, I think what's really impressive, well, there are so many things that are impressive about the white Lotus season one, season two, but I think what's incredibly impressive about season two is uh, for those who don't know the white Lotus, um, I think started out, it seemed like it would be a limited series. There was a a self-contained story taking place, um, in a luxury, at a a luxury resort, Island resort, um, a sort of a whodunit that that's known from the beginning. I mean, you don't know. It's just, there's, there's a body. You don't know who you don't know what, and you see various characters arriving. Then you flash back and various characters are arriving um, in a self-contained resort. It was kind of a locked room, you know, not necessarily whodunit, but like who, who, who's dead. What's the deal? What's going on? Um, super smart. Well-written. The f- first season was great. Um, excellent. Um, I don't know where it would rank um, for me that year, but I was skeptical about, somewhat skeptical about a second season uh, because it appeared to be an anthology. There um, is some overlap with characters, but it also could easily not be. Um, but the, 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 the thread is there. Um, it's another White Lotus resort in a very different place. Um, this is set in... Sicily, right? Or am I way off there? Yeah. No, okay. you're right. <laughs> All right. My Mediterranean, my Medi- mm-hmm. I've lived in the Mediterranean. And my Mediterranean geography still makes me pause. Um, but yeah, it's a totally different part of the world. Um, but just kind of the general ultra rich people gathering to relax and be on vacation. Um, and similar sort of what happened. There's some 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 weird things happen and that's made clear in the beginning and it all sets up again and even when it started out i was skeptical it's like are we going to do a rehash do i care about these characters and mike white who is certainly has his biggest fingerprints on this show i think really delivered again um and i watched as quickly as i could as soon as episodes came out um it's one of the few shows i watched as it was released Another of those is Succession, um, which I've done the last three seasons, kind of week by week. But it's rare these days, at least for me, to want to do a week by week, wait a whole week till the next episode. Usually I'll just wait the whole time. But for White Lotus season two, after seeing the first you know, episode, I, I couldn't I couldn't wait. I watched each one when they came out. It's a great show. I, I I have to just second everything you said. Like I, I, there's not much more to add. The fact that this succeeded and was actually so much better than the first season. Yeah. And the first season I really enjoyed and I thought was really good. The fact that it was so much better was a was actually a shock. I agree. I really loved the first season of White Lotus. I immediately immediately was intrigued and found all the characters. Um interesting and not appealing but 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 certainly interesting and and i wanted to watch more i did not feel that way about the second season 
I watched the first episode mm. and I was like, mm, I feel like this is going to be a rehash. I also feel like the characters are not as interesting and this is going to be a lesser version of season one. But then by around episode three, that shifted for me. So anyway, all of that is to say, I I think anthologies suffer when the season that precedes them or the multiple seasons that precede them are very good because there's a lot of skepticism about whether or not they can replicate the quality with a new cast of characters and a different plot line, but with the same structure. So just to, to talk a little bit about those characters, they do, there's a good mix of generations and a good mix of um, social uh, strata in, in White Lotus, despite it being focused on this kind of elite um, tourist experience, all the service providers and hotel staff and, you know, the people that interact with these white Lotus guests come from all walks of life. And so the show is brilliant, not only in it's, you know, the way it's the plot structure works, but in drawing in an audience from all walks of life. My, my in-laws watched the first season of white Lotus and they were like, this is amazing. And what they took away from it was dramatically different than what I took away from it. So if you can convince my 70 plus year old in-laws that this show's amazing and they come out with a completely different idea about what the show's trying to say than what I do, and we both loved it, that's, that's special. Definitely. I will say of the sort of diversity of the show and its characters, I like the I, I like that in season two, um, it wasn't so like season one was was very much a sort of like Downton Abbey upstairs, downstairs, you know, the elite and the and the service workers. Um, and I like that about season one and I thought they did it very well. But I like how in season two, he didn't try to replicate that. He wanted to he found different ways of implementing like the common man um, or, or even the guy or even characters who were slightly more mysterious. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I don't want to expo- I, I don't know if we should no, be spoiling things, but um, yeah. So if you know, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I, I, I really, I at first I thought, Oh man, this is not going to work unless you have, perspectives from not the elite side but he still gets it in there in ways that seem yep. fresh that's what i the freshness I of it was, and, and it wasn't a rehash that that was the big surprise for me yeah. and um also exploring yeah. different themes i mean they're they're Definitely. class themes and and inequality themes and just general i don't know human experience themes but it's but they were different it was i mean it was clearly but it still had that brand and it's clever it's clever they could do they could i mean white mike white could do several more of these and not lose the freshness i mean if he has the ability to i don't know i'm just saying like in theory that's amazing he's doing it all on his own it's if 
if like, he crazy. could, I, he could do four or five more if he it comes fresh every time. I just, I just don't know if, if it's possible yeah. for a human to do that. <laughs> right. I don't know how it's possible for a human to come up with these two seasons <laughs> well, and different perspectives like, and voices. I mean, all over the place. And languages, I guess. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> as it turns out. Yeah. My number two, I will be tabling. So two tabled um, shows. So yeah, two Aaron, tabled shows. Okay. Yeah. Is it back to me again? Now it's your number one. It is. My number <laughs> one is um is a British show. So you're you're in the right you're in the right space. Um it's Slow Horses, seasons one and two, because they both came out in twenty twenty two. So I don't have to decide. Um All right. yeah. Yeah. this show surprised me. The show immediately stood out to me because it was Gary Oldman. And I'm like, Gary Oldman on TV, like that just doesn't seem right in some way. He is so um, iconic in his roles on film. And he's this, you know, spectacular actor who this guy, he's going to bring himself down to the level of uh, this kind of streaming programming. I just surprised me. So, Hey, what are you, I was like <laughs> 70, you 70 years old. No offense to our audience. You know, the marquee, marquee, marquee film actors are on TV shows now, just by the way. Yeah, they are. But you know, there are some that have, have, uh, reserved the right not to participate. And Gary Oldman <laughs> seemed like one of those people, but, but the show is, I mean, it, it's in my wheelhouse of, of, the types of shows I'm interested in. I mean, it's a spy thriller. It stars Gary Oldman. <laughs> it is set in England. <laughs> I mean, these are all facets of a TV show that mystery. Yeah, there's a kind of a mystery quality to it. A little. And, and so, you know, I had, I kind of avoided it initially just because I was like, well, it got good reviews, but not, not like it wasn't like absolute, you know, out of the park home run reviews. So I was like, well, do I really want to watch this? And then I got a, another you know, recommendation from a buddy who is positioned in the right way to know if this kind of program, and I'm going to use program again, uh, is, is in fact- <laughs> I never noticed that until today. Is in fact accurate, right? Like, Oh, I've <laughs> is it Is it going to be accurate? So I was like, he's like, man, you got to watch this because it's good and it's, it's on to something. I was like, okay, Gary Oldman- is fantastic. I mean, just absolutely fantastic in the show. Without Gary Oldman, this show is not even in my top 10. Um, with Gary Oldman, wow. it is it is a home run because he ties the whole thing together and he is that good. As a Le Carre fan, he is just straight, he's pulled straight from that world and he's utterly watchable. You You just... You don't want like you don't want him to leave the screen. So I'll admit that when he's right. not on the screen, the show dips dramatically. Wow. At, at least in the beginning. But it's not because the characters aren't fantastic. I mean, you've got you've got these great you know, you've got these great actors and they're doing a great job. But I think there's just this charisma that Gary Oldman brings to the show that when he steps off you notice the vacuum like it's 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 mm. that big a deal but he's there enough to make the show amazing the plot is really interesting uh the story's tight it's it's a clever concept which is you know these 
these misfits from British intelligence are thrown into this um, kind of separate unit to work on you know, negligible issues that don't matter. And then something big falls into their laps and they've got to deal with that. And that is a really fun construct, in my opinion. I think it, it, it leaves a lot of room for comedic relief. It leaves a lot of room for um, self-deprecation, a lot of room for interesting characters. And, and I just, I've always been a fan of the misfit um, dynamic in, in any sort of realm, you know, whatever it is, like you, you like the idea that people aren't perfect. Like I do, at least I, 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 I tend to dislike shows in which there is a Jason Bourne type character that like gets everything right constantly. Um, and you're like, how did they do that? Yeah. You, yeah, you, you want people yeah. to suck, was, you know, like what made Sherlock Holmes appealing yeah. was that he had a drug problem and that he, you know, was kind of a fuck up in that way. So that's kind of what makes this, this show broadly appealing is there's all these fuck ups and they, you know, they, they try to, to, find success despite themselves. And it's interesting. I will watch it soon. I'm going to get Apple TV plus back online, watch a little lasso, watch some slow horses. I, so Matt, you haven't seen it as you just said, but I saw season one. Um, I haven't seen season two. I enjoyed season one. I had some problems with it, um, but I do. Uh, Gary Oldman is like just magnetic. Undeniable. Um, he's, He's probably like one of my top five actors of all time. Um, (laughs) And uh, uh, yeah, he he stole every scene that he was in for sure. Um, Kristen Scott Thomas. Pleasant surprise from her. I mean, she's a very talented actress. Don't get me wrong. But to see her back was nice. But to also see this side of her was nice. You know, the dynamic that she has in the show. Oh, you said it was nice to see her back, and then it's nice to see this side of her. I think I got it. <laughs> yes, that was a good catch. Um, but no, she's great. Um, uh, Jonathan Price, man. Yeah. Oh, Jonathan, jo- oh, Jonathan Price. Price. He's not in okay. as much in season one, at least, but um, he's always great. So the cast is great. Even even the um, Jack Loden. Yeah. Even the other. Yeah, Jack Loudon, um, wh- whatever the girl's name is, who's in House of the Dragon and Ready Player One, she's great. Um, so great cast, and all the other casts are good. So the, the acting across the board is just great. Um, good choice. I I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but it is a very solid show and very Se- season well-made. two. I mean, this is you'll be like, well, of course you do this, but season two <laughs> is better than season one. But it's better than season one because uh-huh. you're familiar with the characters. And I think season one spent more time trying to get you familiar with the characters than was necessary. I will put that out there. So it's like, yeah, yeah it that just doesn't surprise me. I think that's like the way it is with TV. Like sometimes they yeah, just Yeah, I mean, footing. I think what, 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 what felt, um, the, the, the reason season one, um, wasn't a full success was it so short that you know with a you know first season six episodes like six so episodes? like if you have a 10 episode yeah. first season you can waste some time getting you acclimated mm-hmm. around the characters the plot the setting but you just have no time in a six episode 
series to do that. And they spent that time. Right. So that kind of undermined right. it a bit. And a lot of the the action and the 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 real energy of the the show is like the last two episodes. Um, whereas season two, right. they get right into it from the beginning and you don't feel like that's jarring because you're already familiar with the character. So I think that that really aided season two's success. I'm gonna I'm gonna unveil this spy thriller, which is my number one, Cameron's number two, Andor. Yes, a Star and, Wars and TV or, show. And or what? And or. <laughs> yeah. That's and like the or, first time I've heard that about yeah, the exactly. show. <laughs> um, uh, Rebel story and or spy thriller. <laughs> um, <laughs> and or. I be- I like I only watched Andor because Cameron said some vaguely positive things about it. Actually, I think you said it was amazing. Um, which wait, no, no, I was vague, definitely vague, vague, but it was like, but I was, I was super, um, super positive it, about it. But I was I definitely am, vague. I, I, I'm still shocked that this is my best move, uh, best TV show. Sorry, of 2022. Um, I have been so negative on everything star wars probably since episode nine rise of skywalker came out um i was a diehard diehard star wars fan i was a diehard star wars fan even up through like the last jedi which i liked and some people hated um not diehard at that point i mean i you know as i got older became more distant from it but just overdose on like, I, I haven't watched several of the shows um i i'm not interested and or shines as a standalone like you don't have to know anything about star wars um i think the show is vaguely enhanced if you have some star wars knowledge but maybe not um i don't know what else to say i don't want to give anything away except the the the, the performances are incredible the storytelling is gripping. Um, it was a slow start for me, but the um, after kind of the first third, I was hooked, um, and and I understand why it started at the pace it did. I am super stoked in that this is going to be two seasons and that's it. I am confident that the the story is written or at least known, and I, I just I I have no. I could not have more confidence in the second season of a show because of what I've seen so far and, and knowing that it's planned. Um, there are some set pieces in this TV show that are the best that I've seen on TV and um, rival some of the best um, film scenes that I've seen. I mean, it's just, and the show m- moved me emotionally. Anyway, I think we should mention that this is a Tony Gilroy. Yeah, well, there are reasons why, but I still, even in in spite of that, I mean, it's a Star Wars story about a character who appears in a a prequel who is not particularly captivating character in that prequel. I just had no interest. Diego Luna's great in this, but like, was he good in Rogue One? I I shrug, you know, it's like, okay, but he's great in this. I mean... (laughs) Well, so I was a big fan of Rogue One, as you guys know. Um, I think Rogue One... Let me think about this for a second. Yeah, I I think Rogue One is the best of the new movies. 
Yeah, I say that pretty confidently, actually. I think it's the best of the new movies. I know a lot of people don't agree with that. So I was I was sort of primed for this show, but I was in the same boat as you. Like I I think I was the last of the three of us to sort of um give up on Star Wars. I, I don't know if I like actually gave up on it, but I was completely tuned out. Um, like I, I haven't seen like I tuned out of Mandalorian after season one. I was like very bored of that. I thought it was like actually not good. Did not watch Boba yeah, Fett at all. I, I even after Andor, like I don't care about this Ashoka or whatever. Like, I just don't care. I don't care. Obi Wan, I did not watch. I did actually watch the first episode of Obi Wan, and I thought it was appalling, <laughs> so I turned it off. But yeah, no. It, it, the main reason I watched this was because of Tony Gilroy, um, and because of the connection to Rogue One, which I like so much, and that he was a part of both of them. If someone else came into this um, who didn't have a connection to Rogue One, I might have been less interested in watching it, but I I knew he was bringing in um, his experience with that and his development of that. But this was the show that the three of us have always talked about with Star Wars, which was when are we ever going to see an adult version of Star Wars? Like at this point, it's like a cliche to say that about the show. But it is what it is. It is an adult. It's, it's what the Mandalorian the was pitched to be. I mean, Mandalorian yeah. is and, not. And, an adult. And turned out to be the exact opposite. It's not opposite. because it's like gritty or edgy. And it, it, it is to a degree, but it's like it's mature. It's it's David Simon doing Very. doing Star Wars. It's it is David Simon level. Yeah. I think it, it felt like a David Simon show for sure. Yeah, it's David Simon just said in space. <laughs> but this is the retrofuturism I was talking about. They capture that. Oh, that sort of that that feel that yeah. you have in the original Star Wars, that retro futurism, and, and not just in a nostalgic way, but kind of like, oh, this is real, like kind of like feels like 1960s, 70s foment of revolutions and 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 you know intrigue. Yeah, yeah. So, are you convinced? I think Aaron I am. I, I think I was convinced before. I just I I, I didn't I didn't love. Rogue One. I didn't hate it. I thought it was good. I, did I thought it. it was. I did not love it. Did not. I thought it was like a nice noir piece, and um, and you know had a a kind of nice gritty feel to it. But there's a little bit of a an aversion I have, and I think it's where I am in my life to this idea that everything needs to be made mature and everything needs to be made to like sell to this like really intellectual class. Like Star Wars is an absurdist piece of work it is literally this like they're they're fish people there's like you know it's 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 complete absurdism in this like far galaxy far far away i mean they do they do all these things well it's for all it's i think this is the most absurdist star wars that there is this one anyway i just say it that's fair enough but my point is that that there's a there's like this recent history in which very highbrow writers and directors have taken material that initially is not intended for an audience that is looking for um, sophisticated material for sophisticated content and turn this content into sophisticated content. You find it in comic books, you find it in horror, you find it in you know, sci-fi, it is all video game, you name it. 
and and I can take a certain amount of it, but then at some point I'm like, just let it be. Like, okay, Star Wars isn't for you. You'll have kids one day. They'll be 12 and they'll be watching this and enjoying it. And you can relive that experience and then you can move on and go watch a gritty adult flick with people with actual guns, not laser beam shooting guns. And you can feel like you're getting that. Um, so I'm going to watch it and I'm not going to feel bad about enjoying it, but it's like, I do, there is a, there's a bit of that, that, that starts to feel, I felt that with, with Marvel. I'm like, okay, you did this run. You did this like special, like, or even the dark Knight series. Like you did this, you, you did it. You succeeded. We all applauded you for it. Now let it go. Let it return to its space where it can live as this um, escapist, um, primarily targeting kids in in world, and um, and so I have been watching Mandalorian. I have been watching Boba Fett, not by myself, but with my children because my children are nine and seven, and they they he's watching yeah. it by himself. <laughs> and so so it's 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 an opportunity for me. I mean, we savor those things as a family. Like we we can't no one no one individual in our family can watch an episode without the other and we all gathered around and we have popcorn and you know, it's, it's like a, a fun experience and we all get a little something from it, but I'm not going to have them watch Andor, And so I'm going, it's like, I feel, I feel a little bit like Will Ferrell with his Lego world. Like I am dabbling in a children's space, but putting glue on the Legos so no one can play with them again. And that feels a little less pleasurable to me. Just putting that out there. See, I agree with you. I also sort of like have a resistance to everything needing to be very uh, real and gritty and mature and sophisticated. I think like we entered that sort of phase of our of our content. I hate using that word constantly, but everything from movies, you know, James Bond needing to be more real, sort of everything audiences want to feel a real experience as opposed to like this escapism. I think escapism is actually coming back because we don't want to be in the real world because the real world is you know, not a great sound, place sound right like now. Aubrey Plaza. Although you some sound like Aubrey still Plaza in White Lotus right there. <laughs> right, right. But no, I agree with you. Like I, however, two things. Star Wars has a huge array of content at this point, which is kind of shocking and depressing. But the fact that only one part of that or one element of that is of a different tone and type is fine with me. Now, if they if Kathleen Kennedy is like, we're going to completely redo, you know, the 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 M.O. of Star Wars and it's all going to be like Andor now, then I'd be like, whoa, wait a minute. You're now you're losing the essence of what this is that would be a problem so i I'll watch I, cut out. I, I have no problem with it i mean i i i, I obviously I, I sort of bristle at the idea of it being the main thrust just like you described and i you know I, I, there are certain certain um ip in which they have created that dynamic and that that rubs me the wrong way but but i i will watch it i mean mm-hmm. it's just got too many too many supporters for me not to give it a go I can't really explain why I don't still don't even understand it. There are three shows I think I watched in 2022 that moved me to tears. 
Andor is one of them. And that's crazy. Wow. What are the other two? Go on, spill yeah. the beans. I, I have some honorable mentions, and I'll, yeah, well, I'll mention those. Uh, Fair enough. At the end. Well, is no, one no, of no, them nothing. The no, I, no, that did not. Nothing, nothing on our list. Nothing on our well, list. Well, then why don't you just spill, spill the beans? Because I've, I have some yeah, honorable mentions that them? I'm gonna. Oh, oh, oh at the end, oh, I got I've got a bunch of honorable mentions. The remaining, yes, right, 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 right. Okay. Aside from the fact that it's a good show, and aside from the fact that like people who you trust really like it, the show is made for you. It really is. Like the show, just like it's made for me and Matt. Like you will watch this and you'll be like, "Oh my god!" Like. This I don't know. We've, I'm we've sort of set it up for failure by saying these things, but but yeah, right. right. But watch. not not <laughs> not to not to fool you, but like it's like oh wow, this is like thank you for this gift. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're we're getting long in the tooth <laughs> on this episode. So let's move on to our got one let's move on to our long. number one. <laughs> Matt and I's shared number one oh. favorite show. Wait, no, 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 oh, no. Yeah. It's my number three. three. Wait, what? Oh no! I'm sorry. Yes, your <laughs> Matt's number three. My number. It's your one. your your major. It, my minor. <laughs> is the bear? Pretty simple premise. It's this young guy who is an incredibly talented um, chef. He's you know climbed the ranks of of the food industry and has become a chef at. One of the most renowned restaurants in the world, if if not the best restaurant at one point. And then his brother uh, surprisingly and tragically passes away. And he is he inherits inherits um, his brother's restaurant. And it's a very run of the mill uh, sandwich shop in Chicago. And he decides to leave his fancy restaurant. Um, and come back and and run this this sandwich shop. Um, uh, what's the shop called? Like all the beef or whatever? Beef, Something beef. beef. That's a different show. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, there's some similarities. Well, it, it, I swear, something. Those two shows are in the name. I swear. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, he comes back to run the um, run the restaurant, but the re- as most restaurants are, it's sort of a shit show, and and he wants to revamp it and make it better and make it what it could be and and it's also just a a character study into his psyche and him dealing with this loss and and everyone else in the in the in the restaurant so that's ba- that's the main premise the show is hilarious the show is heartwarming it hit me like a ton of bricks at the end of the season um i personally cried I'm actually surprised it wasn't one of the three that you cried at, Matt. But, but uh, it was Matt, moving. I was moving, and it's a Matt's show that we've all seen. Matt's actually, heartless. so that's, that's great. What it comes down yeah. to? What is beef? Where's the beef? This show is um is should be on my list. It's just not on my list because it was on both of your lists, and I, I weird weird. I, Weird code, weird code. Slow horses are just too damn good. I just, I, I, I feel like these shows need some diversity. And um, if I had put the bear on my list, we would have had very little difference between our, our various shows. Where's the um, bear on your pure list? Your on my pure list, list, I think it would have been, I think it would have been number one for twenty two, um, <laughs> okay. because there were really no other no other big shows that that could have topped the four <laughs> that that I've described mm-hmm. it, it, it's a fantastic show i think 
I think the ending was the weakest part of the show. Yes. I think the the show's characters and the interactions and the the um the uh the intensity of the show, the the rhythm of the show were all just on point. I mean, there was an uncut gems quality to certain aspects of the show that I think actually caused me stress. Like I, you know, I'm you you're sort of like, "Oh man, sure. uh, this is really <laughs> getting at me." And and there was a familiarity of the experience having worked in the service industry and lived some of what these folks were living. It, it felt very, very real and very, you feel, so the show felt like a, a show from the 1980s for me. It felt like a, a, a show that touched on everyday people's lives and everyday people that aren't living in New York or LA, yeah. you know, like just being yeah. set in Chicago was helpful for me. It was like, you it it needed other, to be in a different place. City. Yeah, yeah. You know, it is, it is, but yeah. it's, it's <laughs> no, not, no, it's different, very different. Yeah. It's not, it's, you know, Chicago was yeah. everywhere in the eighties and it's nowhere yeah. today. And I think part of that is because it's middle America and there's a, there's a, a quality of this, sh this show that captures middle America and it captures sort of, uh, the nameless people who who serve all of us and and who live in the shadows and I don't know the shadows is not the right word they live like they live unnoticed lives vampires yeah. in vampires. The I was gonna, they're <laughs> all Batman or vampires you live unnoticed <laughs> lives and and apart from being you know their small friend group they're not they're not it's antithetical to everything that White Lotus is it it it's not touching on these. Um, this diversity of characters in the same way it's touching on this like close knit group of pretty similar uh, social strata individuals all engaging in this one contained environment. That's a pressure cooker. I do have to ask you though, about what do you mean by the do ending was weak? Was it like actually the final scene or shot or was it the ending like toward like the final episodes, was it the? Are you asking me episode, or Matt? The final so episode you said alone. Okay. Well, you both agreed, so uh, I'm curious what 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 you mean by the ending. Was it a specific moment, or just like the trajectory of the show? Let me let you answer that first, Matt, because yeah, I feel for, like it gives you the space to talk about this, and you did actually have it on your list. <laughs> for me, for me, um, the basically second half of the last episode seemed like just framing and a setup for what's happening next. Um, it seemed like it was kind of in the outline of the story concept and like need needed to kind of happen. It didn't feel organic to me, even though it was like a central things that happened were, were central to the plot, but there wasn't anything particularly interesting there. It felt a little bit the, the plot, devices that unfolded felt a little bit gimmicky um and it's kind of like okay now we are moving to the next phase of the story we need a few things to happen um they were well thought out things but it just felt like it's like the problem i run into when i write is like i have certain things that need to happen and sometimes when i when i craft a story that way it it, it feels forced um but it still was good it's just coming off of the, the, I mean, for the seventh episode is, is, a, is, is one take. Um, that's not a big spoiler, but it's very emotionally charged, super well done. I think it was the best episode. 
And then coming out of that, um, it just felt like you're setting the table for for what's next. And I felt oh, like it could have been an done in a way excellent description better. for this particular yeah, show. Exactly. Well, there's no tables. Really yeah. Every word that Matt said is right. Oh, let's reproduce that. Let me ask you guys this. If this was a limited series, would you have the same feeling? This uh, is not a, that would not have been a satisfying ending for a limited. Yeah, series that's what I was going to say. And in fact, that's probably yeah. the problem. Is if if this had been a limited series, I would have been very dissatisfied with the ending because I would have terrible. Uh, yeah, it's it's just lingering. Wow, our first actual point of of uh, well, there was no there's no really? emotional punch I, to the end. I, I like it's completely like, disagree. Oh, you know, I won't say. You found there's an emotional punch. Wow. Okay. There is a there is a shot at the end, like the literally the final shot. I thought was like the most moving thing I've seen in TV the whole year. It was a it was a flashback. I'll just say that I won't spoil anything. But that like but, but, rocks but, but, but me I think that can happen with the without d- diminishing the point that I think Matt and I are making, which is you can have a heartfelt moment and a well constructed finale. Uh-huh that just doesn't uh-huh. feel like it it naturally fits in with the rest of the show as it should no for sure so i just wanted to make that distinction like it had a final shot in a yeah, flashback um that sort of stood was outside of the things that you guys were just describing which was the place setting for the next season however the reason I asked if it was a standalone limited series, if that would change your interpretation of it. Um, the reason I asked that is because it originally was a limited series and then they expanded on it. And I found that the final like that was if if the bear was a movie, which it very easily could have been, that would have been a very a little like sappy, but very satisfying way to end it because he has, you know evolved you know his, he's evolved as a character and he's evolved as like the the restaurant has evolved i'll sort of leave it at that so for me i found it very satisfying i didn't view it as i don't know it worked for me it clearly felt like i mean the lead actor guys. was the lead actor was car is it carmichael carm carm uh yeah carmichael carmichael and i think Carmi. they call him carmy i think or his car, name is carmine that's like a Carmine, no, you're no, right. exactly. Oh, it's like it's always you think... know. It's whenever there's a story with mob in it, there's a Carmine. Well, yeah, I, that actor, whatever his name is, um, Jeffrey, Jeremy Allen White, Jeremy, Jeremy Allen White, Jeremy Allen White, Jeremy Allen White is yeah. exceptional. I love how you say you don't know what his name is, I, and then I, you I say Jeremy. He's Allen looking White. it up. I could see it his eyes, his dead no, eyes, looking at the screen. <laughs> I had to look it up. I didn't okay. know his name. That guy right. is exceptional. He, that is yeah, the best yeah. acting performance of the year, for me. I oh yeah, the, the if show he doesn't win, I'm going to be um, pissed. Is oh. also probably you know the best show I've I've revealed my my hand there, but but his performance just um it had all the 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 nuance the like it it, it was yeah wide, wide ranging, ranging but but there were subtle aspects it was it was really exceptional and kind of out of nowhere for me i mean i know other folks were familiar with him from from his previous work but uh, he's 
you know, he's completely off the radar for me. And um, while the rest of the cast was very good uh, and the cast definitely gelled well together, um, I thought he was really uh, integral to the show being good. I mean, he was such a, a powerful performer. And then the, I guess the, um, the, uh, the cousin was also, um, and Sydney, no, the, the well, three, those three. Can I recommend Sydney another show with a cousin? Sure. Not, oh, Andor. right. Okay. There you go. He's an Andor. Andor. Did you know he's an Andor? Aaron? I did not. I don't, I, a, a, apart oh my from God. Diego Luna and Stellan Skarsgård. I'm, oh, I, Stellan Skarsgård is incredible. In the show. Well, oh I mean, he, he's, I like, incredible. he's the no, Gary Oldman of Andor, I'm sure. I, mean, I think I think I think this might be Stellan Skarsgård's best role. Like, oh, that's I, he's lot. out of control. Uh, I actually yeah, would not it's, disagree it's, with it's him on that. I anyway. He must be a good guy in the show. Then is what you're saying. <laughs> I'll I'll go ahead and say if he doesn't win he's best supporting win best. actor, if that's like an award that they give, I just get, I still show. get I still get like chills thinking about like. Let's be that, honest. That's just an amazing T- TV awards are pathetic until they come up with a better system for giving awards. They're just, they're so bad. They're so bad. Mm. It's like the, the yeah. awards for TV are all like cumulative achievement awards. They're not like, you know, it's like, yeah. they're like, okay, we got to contest. the final season of game of Thrones. We're going to be giving them all the awards this year. They should and, have given them know, a little earlier. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Right. That's my point. It's like it's just such poorly timed awards. I'm going to throw some awards out. Um, I don't know if we need to discuss, but I'm going to throw out um, uh, best ending as an honorable mention. The bear. <laughs> Maybe I'm, I'm going to elaborate. Maybe the best ending to any TV show I've ever seen. Holy cow! Wait, are you talking about Andor? No, I'm giving an award out to a movie we have a TV show. Sorry, TV show we haven't. Discussed yet? Oh, are you going to reveal now, or is That's it on? Fine, I'm, I'm, I think we're here bringing we're out the honorable mentions. mentions. I'm I'm bringing them out. They're coming out. Wait, I'm confused. Are you asking? I'm asking us you to guess. I'm playing a, a riddle, <laughs> a, a golem well, game of riddles. Game. I see. What show you think better call has the best ending of yes, 2022? And I would not have a problem if Bob Odenkirk won Best Actor. Uh, he he was. He, I mean. Best prequel, but th- that would have given it away very quickly, um, I think. Or Andor, right? Best prequel. <laughs> is it better than Andor? Better. So, <laughs> as a whole six series. Six seasons of Better Call <laughs> Saul. Um, yeah. I, I just, this was mm. like a half season. I'll wait, but... if, I can't remember. I think this was just mm. a half season this year. This was hard to, hard to, you know, it, it's strong finish. Like, honestly, maybe the best ending of a TV show I've seen. But um, also, um, an honorable mention for. Um, most fun and boldest two seasons of the same show. Most fun yeah. and boldest. It's Atlanta season three and four. Oh. Like like Donald Glover oh. and his brother and everyone on that show had so much fun. And they they submitted to no no constraints at all. It it's really fun, absurdism. Um season three and four are totally different from each other. I think they kind of undermine themselves by releasing them the same year, but um, and because like, I, I haven't really talked to that many people who've seen either of those seasons, but just they had a lot right. of fun with it. Um, well, so much time went between the shows. I think people. Well, and then they existed. turned out two seasons within six months of each other. Right, right, right. Um, well, um, yeah, I, if, yeah, if we're throwing out honorable mentions, I, I've got to mention Blackbird. 
I think that's uh, highly underrated. Um, the, the acting is is exceptional in it. Uh, Taron Edgerton is clearly the like chosen one for Apple TV he's Plus. Great. I mean, he's he's got a <laughs> he, he's got this um, kind of carefree way about him and in the way he he carries a role. It's um, this role is a perfect fit for him. It's, it's the right amount of, of like uh, dark edginess, but still capitalizing on his, his carefree attitude. Um, It's, it's really good. It's, you know, there's something, I don't know if it's based on a true story. I I didn't actually look that up. I, I feel like it might be. I think be. it is. I think it yeah. is. And maybe that was is. a constraining yeah. factor. There, there's something that just like doesn't quite make it like an all-time great. And I think it's because, you know, you can only go so far afield of what actually happened. Um, I, I think I know ways that you might have you, – you could – twisted a bit but it fundamentally shifts the stories and, and and the plot so um but still very very well done and um, and worthwhile i i would like to really watch that show but um uh so this episode has gone way longer than we expected so let's let's um we're gonna have to wrap it up, unfortunately. You guys mentioned a couple of your honorable mentions only because it's gotten so late. I'm gonna not mention any and i'm going to save that for our remaining top tens which we will be posting um on our twitter and instagram feed so if you're interested in seeing uh, the remaining top 10 favorite shows of 2022 uh be on the lookout for those your self-control is admirable (laughs) well well i i I sort of screwed the pooch on some suspense (laughs) earlier in the show so i'll leave it uh, for this one, I'll do it properly. Real quick, what's one show you each are most anticipating? It can be a continuation of a show that's already going, or a completely new, whatever. But True Detective, I am really excited for the return mm. of True Detective. Um, it'll be weird without the same creative voice behind it, but Jodie Foster's awesome. So let's see what happens. Yeah, that's a great one. I think I would have said True Detective had you not. And just for the sake of diversity, I'll say um, Swarm. I think that's what it's called. It's Donner, Donald Glover's it's new out, show. It's out, man. It's already it out. I already, saw, already, the, I already out. saw a couple episodes. Yeah. Oh, wow. Is it good? I watched those two episodes about two months ago. But um, I, I, I know. Oh, <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's good. it just wasn't what I was one was in the mood to it. I went deep with Donald Glover on Atlanta. I needed a little bit of a, a break because, uh, but no, I think it is good. Um, mm. I just, I needed a little less absurdity in my life. Uh, what's your most anticipated show? I'm really curious about Fargo season five, John Hamm and, and a lot oh, of yeah. interesting cast members. Yeah. Fargo's great. Well, all right, let's, uh, let's just do a quick recap of our top three. Um, I will go first. So my uh, three favorite shows of 2022 at number three was Euphoria, number two, Andor, number one, The Bear. 
Aaron. Yeah, I'm going to start from the top. Slow Horses season one and two are my favorite show. Number two, Welcome to Wrexham season one. And number three, Severance season one. I'll go with that momentum to not be so confusing. Andor is my number one. White Lotus two is my number two. The Bear one is my number three. So that's our favorite shows of 22 and 2. Like I said, if you want to find out what the remaining top 10 are, we will be posting those soon. Um, check us out on our Twitter and Instagram at Tinseltown Thunderdome. And if you give us a like on whatever platform you're listening on, it would really help us grow and we'd really appreciate it. Um, until next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>